the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Seven fifty-seven on the Blitz eleven seventy. Time for us to get to that third hour. He's Bryce Hall. I am Rick Corey. Yes, our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line is open. We've got some text there about the coldest they've ever people have ever been. We're talking about that because of Kansas City and Andy Reid's frozen mustache and <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' helmet, which you know exploded on impact. You know, Crazy. someone someone on Twitter said something that I thought the instant it happened, I wondered if they would flag him for instigating helmet to helmet contact. Mm, yeah, we've seen running backs flagged for that. Now, normally yeah, you think of that. that now, yeah, right? Normally, you think that is only a defensive penalty, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, and the conversation had to yeah. be made now. That yeah. what about running backs who lower their head? You know. Yep. So. And Mahomes lowers the head, and look, I'm not. I'm not arguing. I'm not saying he should be flagged, but he lowered the head, instigated head-to-head combat, if you will, and mm-hmm. part of his helmet chipped off. And then he goes, you know, you saw, and we saw him play several plays with that little, and it was a fairly thin plastic layer, just coloring basically yeah. is what it was. So it probably didn't have anything to do with the structural integrity of the helmet. Mm. But then when they finally noticed it, the officials, and they said something, and he wasn't going to leave the game. As a matter of fact, let me find it. I'll go get that. I'm, there is a, a comment between him and Rasheed Rice both about that. Let me find it. Where is it? Here we go. So here's Mahomes and Rasheed Rice, his receiver, on the cracked helmet. And then if you watched it, and if you were watching, Mahomes got another helmet because they have a replacement, but he put it on and kept taking it off, and he put it on and take it off, and it didn't look like it fit. Well, there's another explanation. Listen closely. I have not. I'm sure it had to do with it being really cold, um, but... Yeah, I, I knew I didn't know what happened at the in the moment, but I got in the huddle and everybody was telling me, and I was like, I I got y'all, but I'm not coming out the game, so we can figure out on the sideline. So I was hoping we scored. Obviously, we didn't end up getting the end zone, but uh, yeah, it was a first for me. He knew his helmet was cracked. He just tried to go to the next play. Uh, we was like trying to strap his helmet up and stuff. He was like, Nah, just come on, get to play, get to play, get to play. You know how Pat is, but I mean. He switched out his helmet, and he just didn't like the helmet because it was sitting on silence so long. It was super cold, and it was hard inside of it. They have a backup that's out there. We got to talk about where, where we store the backup because it was like frozen. So like when I tried to put it, when I tried to put it on, it was completely frozen. I couldn't get it on. I don't know if anyone got a picture of it. It didn't look great, um, but uh, we were able to adjust it on the sideline, get it kind of warmed up a little bit, um, and uh, get get rolling from there. It, you could tell when he put it on, it didn't look like it fit. Now he his helmet seems to sit a little high anyway. And when he put this one on, I swear to you, it looked like he was wearing a baseball cap at first. <laughs> it looked a little bit more like the Liberty quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was grimacing and didn't seem to, you know, and I thought, man, it just doesn't fit. And if you've ever worn a helmet that doesn't fit, it's not comfortable. And oh. I thought, uh, I thought it just doesn't fit. But I, I hadn't thought about the fact, I really thought they would have it somewhere warm. I oh, never yeah. even, I never yeah. even conceived <laughs> that it was frozen. And why I didn't, Gosh. I don't know. You know, they have those helmet warmers that you see along the sidelines. And, you know, yeah, those they, little poles in yeah. there. Yeah. And they have those cabinets that are warmers, so they'll keep mm. the footballs in. You would think at some point you'd have the quarterback's backup helmet with the receiver and all that, yeah. all the important equipment, maybe kept in something like that. Mm. I bet you teams around the league, now, you know, if you're the Dolphins, you won't think about it until you have to go back up there. Exactly. But other teams around the league in the North 
And others maybe have already thought about it. Yeah, because it's tough to break those in, right? <laughs> Frozen helmets. It's a little It's a little tough to get uh, those used to your head. It is more than a little bit tough. Well, speaking of a little bit tough, that's what Jimmy Johnson wanted to be on his former team. You know, at the half when they do the studio shows, they'll do this thing, and I've seen, others, I've seen other networks do it, and I've seen them do it there as well, and Fox, where they'll say, okay, you do the pregame speech or you do the halftime speech. I've seen ESPN do this. They had Lou Holtz do it once, yeah. which was really classically fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. So someone said, and you know Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he's fired up dude anyway. So they asked Jimmy, you know, so you're in the locker room right now. What are you saying to your Cowboys? And this, <laughs> it's not very long, but it's inspirational enough. Michael Strahan just ripped off his jacket and got in a stance yeah. and was ready to go. So here's Jimmy and what he would have told the Cowboys. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game. <laughs> that was Strahan you heard in the background ripping off his, his jacket and getting back into a three-point stance, the guy getting ready to go yeah. make a sack. That wasn't very long, but I can imagine that Jimmy at the half, were he still the coach, would have gone a little longer than that 27 seconds, and there would have been some guys' eyes gotten really big. Now, they're, they're professional players. Whether they go out and respond, the old Cowboys did. Mm. I mean, and Jimmy was – Miffed yesterday. You well, can that's tell. what's funny is watching that. I remember thinking, like, gosh, I can just only imagine back in his younger days <laughs> if he's bringing this kind of energy right now. I mean, gosh, he, he it, was. I love he, to be in that locker room. He was more than a little bit irritated. Oh, yeah, he looked like he was ready to go rip off some heads there. So, you know, someone asked me. Actually, I got a text last night. Would he come out of retirement? Hmm. No. I don't think that'd so. Be, I don't think there's so any chance in H E double toothpicks that he would come out of retirement. Guy's yeah. living the best life in Tavernier. He's fishing every day. He's you know How old is he? He's getting to do his studio show. He's got the energy. They're gonna put him in the Hall of Fame. If you go ba- if you were to go back, all you would do is have an opportunity to tarnish yourself a little bit. Yeah. Eighty years old. That's uh enact it. <laughs> he doesn't act it. You're right. Uh-uh. Not in the least bit. I just, though, cannot see him going back. Cannot. Mm. But someone did ask and said, hey, you know, that might be interesting. It would be interesting, but I just don't think he, he would go back. And, you know, we, we talked about the Bills game, which is going to go on today, which will still be just as doggone cold, right? It's going to still be ridiculous today in Buffalo. But they asked fans to come out and help clear the stands, and they told them they'd pay them, was it 20 bucks an hour? Yeah, 20, bucks, 20 an bucks an hour. So what they're doing, and this was smart, is they're shoveling the snow out of the aisles during what, I mean, you're st- you're shoveling snow during what is still literally almost a blizzard. Yeah. It's still coming down. So as soon as you shovel it, stuff's being replaced. And they what they had done is they'd created troughs in the walkways. So you would go over and you'd put the snow in the trough and then they would shove it down. And then one fan... And he's not a very old kid. He looks like he's, what, maybe 17, 18, 19 years old? Yeah, I'd say so. In that range? He jumps, he runs over and jumps in the top of the trough like it's a slide, takes off his shirt, and then he's the slide that pushes the snow out the bottom. <laughs> if you haven't seen that video yet, we got to find it and see if we can get it up on our social media. These The Bills Mafia, they are as crazy as I've heard. Oh, yeah, big time. That, And I mean in a good way. I'm not saying in a bad way. 
the passion doesn't quite describe it for them. No. They, they, to be to be a fan now, it would probably be pretty cool to go out there and spend a couple hours and just say you helped. Mm-hmm. But the people, I mean, there are there are, there are ladies out there, there are guys out there, there are young people out there, there are old people out there. They showed up and they got after it, including that kid. And if you haven't seen it, it's pretty interesting. It's got to be the first time I've never heard of something like that before. No. I've never heard of crowdsourcing stadium upkeep. <laughs> but that, that's the thing when you talk about, you know, the Bills Mafia. They they identify with that kind of setting, right? So they they, yep. they want to help in any way they can to make it better uh, to be able to fill that stadium in for even a game in a frozen tundra like that's going to be. All right, so Kansas City didn't get their sellout. Does Buffalo sell out today? Hmm. Now, we know tickets aside, I'm talking about yeah. rear ends and seats. I'll say no. I'll say I'll say they they show they show out pretty well, but I don't think it'll be a sellout. I'm going to go what they're going to go. I think they'll do it. Uh, you see the number of people who are willing to go help with that. I cannot yeah. imagine they're going to let anything stand in their way. Maybe if some people uh, go a little too far going through the plastic tables at the tailgate, they just can't get get in. That'll be what helps me out. You know, uh, right? Uh, look, I, I <laughs> if security today, you're not. If they had something on them, it'd be under 90 layers. <laughs> and by the time you got it dug out, you'd, uh, it'd be too late. The game would just be go, over. Just go. Just I, I think, go. <laughs> yeah, I think you're pretty safe today. The only thing you might, somebody might want to sneak in today is a flamethrower. Which, by mm. the way, a guy got in trouble. Cops arrested him for using a flamethrower to melt the snow. He's just doing what you're supposed to Thought do. This is America. Right. Yeah. And somebody actually... <laughs> And this one, here's an, here's a tip you don't do. <clears throat> Someone went out and poured gasoline in the snow and then lit the snow. Well, you're not lighting the snow, you're lighting the gasoline. Yes, it'll burn away, and then it's going to mm-hmm. go away. And then in the meantime, you might burn down a house. So don't be that kind of stupid either. Yeah, That's not how it works. I'm not much against the small flamethrower. You know, Elon Musk was actually selling those online a couple of years ago. Right. The small flamethrower, I'm not much against that. I mean, hey, if you know how to handle that... That just seems smart to me. More power to you. Yeah, that just seems. Now, I understand why you think it's brought me a bad idea. Seeing <laughs> <laughs> the chance of, of just the, you know the general person, I get that, but I'm not necessarily against it. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. Eight oh seven here on the Blitz eleven seventy. All right, just a couple minutes. We're going to be talking to Dane Evans, former Tulsa quarterback, great career in the uh, CFL, and now he's a coach on the staff out at Owasso. He's the first hire for new Owasso head coach Antonio Graham. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Triad Eye Institute and their $3,600 LASIK special. It is coming to an end. We are now today halfway through January. Remember we remember back in December, you know, in late December, I said, you know, January actually goes pretty quick. It does. It just, whatever it is for me, it's never been slow. January always goes pretty quick. We're halfway through January already. So you only have half this month left for you to be able to be involved with the $3,600 LASIK special at Triad. I know LASIK will go up on February 1st. I can't tell you how much, but I know it will not be $3,600 anymore. And I also know $3,600 is the least amount of money LASIK will ever be from this point forward at Triad. You know, everything changes. Prices change. We know that. We see inflation going up. Medical costs go up. All those things happen. But for now, it's $3,600. And you need to get involved right now. You call 918-252-2020, or if you're the type who just wants to look it out online, fine, tryoutai.com. Simple enough. You can see my story there. You can see stories from others because, yes, I've had eye surgery there. I had lens replacement. That's what worked for me. But LASIK, the most performed eye surgery in America, is what most people need to correct their vision. 
You can maybe qualify for 0% financing, which is available. You can get a free screening at any of their locations, which you can find again at triadi.com. And then Dr. Ryan Conley, a fellowship trained cornea expert, will do that surgery right here in Tulsa. It's painless, quick, and the recovery is just nothing more than a few days where you, you can't go swim in a pool deep. <laughs> That's it. And I don't think you're going to be doing a lot of that this time of year anyway. So it's an excellent opportunity for you to see again at 918-252-2020. It's 918-252-2020. See more of your 2024 with Triad Eye Institute. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The red-hot Oklahoma City Thunder will have a road test tonight as they're in L.A. to take on the Lakers. It'll be back-to-back with the Lakers finishing up on Monday night before a Tuesday clash with the Clippers. Tip-off tonight is at 9.30. And yesterday, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane had a tough loss as they fell to the Tulane Green Wave 94-87 in overtime. Four players for TU were in double figures, led by P.J. Haggerty, who had 25 points, his eighth 20-point performance this season. Freshman Matt Reed had a career-high 13 points and 16 rebounds, the second-most rebounds for a TU player in Reynolds Center history, just coming one short of Michael Ruffin's record in 1999. The Hurricane will host UTSA on Wednesday night at 7, a 6.30 pregame start on Big Country 99.5. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Someone just did that, and all they texted was, go, pack, go. Yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, whichever one it is. Go, pack, go, indeed. That was impressive yesterday. Now you have to look at the rest of the NFC, and you have to ask yourself, are they the favorite? No, they're not, because San Francisco's there. The Niners are the best team there. Does this mean that Green Bay can't beat San Francisco? That doesn't mean that at all. Uh, them, I don't think anybody thought they'd beat Dallas that way either. Now, can they repeat that performance? That's going to be the interesting thing. Let's switch gears, shall we? Let's do it. We're going to still talk football. But we're going to do it with somebody who's a brand-new coach. He's now on the staff for a new Awaso head coach, Antonio Graham. His very first hire is Dane Evans. He's on our hotline right now. Good morning, Dane. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm great. I'm sitting here just looking at all this snow that came down last night. Pretty looking like Canada. I started to say, as a guy who just spent, you know, a good number of years in the Canadian League, this looks pretty normal to you. You know, Dane, of course, record-setting quarterback, University of Tulsa, almost 12,000 yards passing there, then racked up almost 10,000 yards in the CFL. Now, I know you moved back here, as you said, last year, but once you retired, Dane, was coaching always what you wanted to do? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I've, I've known that I've always wanted to be a coach for a long time. Um, I, uh, actually got a test run of it in our, in 2020 when our season got canceled, um, due to COVID and like the pandemic and all that. Um, I actually coached at North Texas, um, with a coach that was with me at the university of Tulsa, Mike Blesh. He was at North Texas and they needed some help with their quarterbacks. And I was actually the quarterback coach and I got a good little test run. And uh, that kind of confirmed to me that, like, I definitely want to coach whenever I do hang them up. And the time came to hang them up, and now I'm coaching. So, yeah, I've been looking forward to it, and I'm I'm really excited to get to work with those guys. I got to meet a lot of the players and a lot of the coaches uh, last Friday when they introduced me and everything. And 
it seems like a really good fit, so I'm really looking forward to it. Now, I know you also had spent a little time around Tulsa, kind of just, you know, kind of lay coach, if you will, doing some of that. Mm-hmm. But when you went down there at North Texas, it, you have kind of an expectation, and you've been coached all your life, so you know what that side is kind of like. How is it different? How is it the same? What is it you really liked? What are some things maybe that surprised you? Yeah, so what surprised me the most is how much I actually did really, really enjoy it. I th- I've always thought that I would be, you know, somewhat decent at it just from playing the game and and just being around people who have been good coaches. But I really, like, fell in love with uh, communicating something to somebody and uh, and then, you know, being – being up in the box on game day and then just hoping you coached them and taught them well enough throughout the week to that way they can perform and help the team perform, you know? So I really fell in love with that process at North Texas. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that here at Owasso. And, um, you know, I think I've just been lucky to be around um, a lot of coaches in my life. And at the time it didn't feel too lucky at Tulsa. Cause I think I was around, <laughs> I think I was around two head coaches, like seven different quarterback coaches and, four different OCs. So it's a lot of learning at the time, but at the same time, it's a lot of learning how people coach and seeing different coaching styles and kind of picked up a bunch along, along my journey and I'm ready to become my own guy now. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. Talking to Dane Evans, he of course, formerly at Tulsa and in the Canadian football league, now on the staff out at Owasso. I want to come back to that and ask you about what you learned from all those guys. First of all, at eight eighteen, Bryce also has a question. Yeah, Dane, uh, Getting into you know Oklahoma high school football now with Owasso, how, how familiar have you been with a lot of the teams uh, around this area, even dating back to your time at, at TU? How familiar you are, how familiar are you uh, with a lot of the teams and the success in Oklahoma high school football? Right, um, I would say I'm 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 fairly familiar. I uh, was joking with AG. I've actually never been to a Tulsa area football game, but I do follow it. Um, ever especially ever since we moved back last year, we actually lived kind of, I think, in the jinx zone. So we were, you know, keeping up with the hometown team or whatever, and we would check all the scores every weekend, even being in Canada. And, uh, yeah, I know that there's a big tradition here with, you know, BA, Jinx, Union, Owasso, and obviously Bixby is, is really come onto the scene. And I know once you get over towards the city with Edmond North and Santa Fe, all those guys, um, my dad started coaching in, in Oklahoma. So um, we've always kind of followed it. Um, so I'm excited to be a part of it, even if I'm just a small part and just helping coach, but I am excited about it. I remember one time when I was at TU, they did the, uh, Jinx union game at our stadium. I can't mm-hmm. remember what year it was. And, uh, I think we went over and watched like a quarter of it. Um, and it was, a, you know, it, they put more people in the stands than we did at the time. So it was cool to see. Um, so I'm excited to be around those type of environments. And I've been watching film of Owasso, you know, just trying to learn the offense and stuff and, seeing the people go crazy when someone scores a touchdown in the stands and everything. It's it's really cool to see, so I'm excited to be a part of that again. We're speaking with Dane Evans, former Tulsa quarterback, longtime guy in the CFL as well, now on the staff at Antonio Graham at Owasso. All right, I want to go back to your coaching. You talked about, you know, having been in the booth now and worked, as you said, at North Texas. Two things. Number one, do you now understand the frustration sometimes coaches may have had and may have had even with you at times and – you know, I've always heard players say if they transition from coaching to playing that coaching's a lot harder. You agree? Yes. I, so yes, I agree on both of those things. And the frustration one made me made me smile because that is so true. And every time at North Texas or wherever it was that I would be coaching, 
and you know you just spend all week talking about one thing and then you go out there and don't execute it like you want to <laughs> or, or something happens you're like what what is going on and I know that I caused coaches to be like that too I, I me and coach Bo uh, Trahan who was my quarterback coach at Tulsa my senior year we uh we would joke around about that quite a bit. I definitely gave him some heartaches and heart attacks in the booth, but I think at the end of the day, we got the job done. And then, um, yes, I think coaching is a lot harder because of the fact of um, when you're a player, obviously you got the ball in your hands. You go out there, you can make anything happen. But when you're a coach, you just got to hope that you, kind of like I said earlier, you just got to hope that you talk through every situation in the week. You got to hope that you – um, taught every single play inside and out, no matter what the defense comes out and does, you hope that the fundamentals are good. And then from there, you're just, you're just watching, you know what I mean? You can't really have an outcome on the game. So it is a lot more hard. It is a lot more stressful, but I think that's why it is a lot. It's enjoyable too. And when, when you're, when your player does do, you know, what you want them to do or what you've coached them to do, that is where the ultimate satisfaction comes in, and that's uh, kind of what you live for as a coach. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So I something I mentioned earlier about you that I've always been impressed, G.J. Kenny had this too, and now, you know, G.J.'s obviously having great success in coaching. Mm-hmm. There are not many quarterbacks who can start poorly and come back and then play well. And you, not that you started poorly a lot, but I know you got thrown into some fires as a freshman. That you know, that two interception game at Tulane early on comes to mind. Uh-huh. Yet you were able yep. to put that aside and come back in a game. It's a very difficult skill set. Is that something just within you? Can you teach that? Do you even realize it? Um. Yeah. I think I think it is something that you can teach. Um. But I think really the only way to actually you know define that you have that skill and and be able to trust yourself and your teammates enough is to actually go through it. And at the time, you know, now that I'm, I guess, retired and all that stuff, it's, I can sit back and look at my career. And there were times that at the beginning of of my career at TU that I was frustrated for getting thrown into the fire and this, that, and the other. And then I really just had to spin the mindset of how lucky am I to even get to play? Like, okay, it doesn't matter that we're down 15 or we're down 10, just give me a chance to have the ball. And once you kind of look at it with that mindset, I think I think everything that you've done up to that point or everything that you haven't done, it kind of all goes away. You just focus on, I got the opportunity I've wanted since I was a little kid. Like, now what am I going to do with it? That's all, how I always tried to view it. And I think it's something that can be taught, but you definitely have to learn through, you know, going through some hardships. And that's kind of what molds you. And, and that's kind of what I appreciate the most about my career at TU is once, you know, once I got the job given to me every year, I had to re-earn it. And that's what I, that's what I loved about it. Cause I think it made me a better player. You know, as many players, as you mentioned, as many coaches as you had, and there were a lot of offensive coordinators, a lot of head coaches, you name it. You do pick up some things from people. I'll do this. I won't do this. I do like this. I'm not going to like that. I know every guy I've ever talked to said they took little pieces from everybody. Is there anybody you took more from than maybe somebody else? Ooh, Oh man. Well, I've, I've loved getting coached by all the coaches I've ever been coached, whether it's youth football all the way up to the pros. Um, I, I could probably name them all still who ever coached me. I won't do that just because it would take a while because, you know, I'm old now. But um, probably, man, I really, really enjoyed working with Coach Montgomery. Um, he was just somebody, I think it was for just that time in my life, football – before he got to TU, football had become not fun to me for the first time ever. And I was really at a crossroads kind of in my life with football and everything. And then he kind of came in 
and really he saved the game for me. He made me realize how much fun it can be again. Um, he made me feel like, like I said earlier, he made me feel like a little kid out there playing in the schoolyard with his friends. And just the way and the style that he coaches, um, he coaches you hard, which I think a lot of people don't understand. But the way he does it is is through love and, and great communication. And he's always going to build you up. And even if he's got something to ask you or, or tell you that you need to do different, it's always like with a compliment in there too. So I really picked that up from Coach Monty. I really, really appreciate him and love him for that. And uh, I think he knows that too. So, um, yeah, I would have to say Coach Montgomery to answer that question. All righty. A couple more minutes here with Dane Evans, former quarterback at Tulsa in the CFL, now on the coaching staff out at Owasso for Antonio Graham. If you'd like to ask a question, you're welcome to text at 918-262-5072, our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. Many people want to talk about, you know, going up and playing in Canada, and it is a little bit of a different game. Did you feel a little more free up there? You had good success. I know almost 4,000 yards in a couple of those seasons. Does that game fit you really well, Dane? Yes. Honestly, I uh, I love the game up there. It uh, it took a solid six, seven months to actually learn and understand, like, what the hell's going on with everybody moving around and having 12 guys on the field and stuff like that. But once I figured it out, um, it just – it seemed to be kind of like – like you said, it fit my style of play a lot better. Not that I'm a runner or anything, but I can move around a little bit. I can create arm angles. Um, and I think up there you got to be – really accurate is the biggest thing with quarterbacks is obviously there's only three downs to get a first. So you really only have two and you can't, there is no like, Oh, I just missed the easy out route. Like, all right, we'll get it on second down. No second is really now third. So you got to really lock in every play. And um, I love it up there. I think I'll always follow the CFL just because, you know, I was a part of it for a while. And um, I think there's some really great offensive minds up there and some cool creative concepts that I definitely am going to try to bring to a as well. Um, so yeah, I think it just was one of those things that I didn't really know much about it growing up as a kid. I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know the intricacies. And once I got up and got involved with it, um, I, I, I think it's a really fun game. And as a fan, it's a great game to watch too, because it's just nonstop action and you're pretty much throwing the ball every play, which is really cool. Yeah. Now standing on the field after the Miami beach bowl game, I asked you, Hey, you know, what's in the future? And you said, man, I just want to play. And I said, any level? And you said, yes, I just want to play. I just want to be. Yep. I want to be near the game, and I could see the passion in your eyes then, which I knew you had from the time you were a freshman. Now you've gotten the opportunity to do that. Now you're coaching, so you're still near the game. Is this just the beginning of a new career for you that you intend to stick with? You want to coach at other levels and continue to move along? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I've, like I said, I've wanted to be a coach for as long as I can remember. Like seriously, since like fifth, sixth grade. That's kind of when I knew that. That's what I wanted to do. I actually never thought I would have the opportunity to play even in college. Um, and then that opportunity came up and I ran with it and then never really thought about pro ball until like the end of college and had an opportunity there. So I've always thought I would be a coach and my end goal, I, I want to, I want to be an offense coordinator um, either at a major school like Owasso or um, at, in, in the college ranks. So that's kind of my like, that's my end goal. I know you obviously got to work your way there and I'm just starting out and I realize all that, but that would be, you know, if someone said write down your dream job, it would be to be an offensive coordinator somewhere like that. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting started on that path and I'm, I'm pumped about it. I think we're starting at a really great spot. 
I think it's really cool that you're starting with Antonio, which I think is really great. Both of you guys getting the chance to start at the same time. All right, so I got to ask, that first day when you walk into a room, you know, when it's really time to go and you're really coaching guys, you think there'll be butterflies? Uh, great anticipation. How do you think you'll feel? Um, yeah, it probably will be a little bit of butterflies, to say the truth, but, but more so just like excited to get it rocking and rolling, you know, not, not necessarily nervous or anything like that. Um, I've, you know, throughout playing, I've gotten to run quarterback meetings myself, whether that be coaching in North Texas or playing, um, we kind of ran our own meetings in the CFL some. So I kind of know, like, I kind of know how to do that stuff already. For me, it's just going to be like the excitement of like, man, I've always wanted to do this and now, and now it's my turn and more so excited to help make an impact on these kids' lives, whether that be helping them become better football players or become better men. Like, I'm pumped about that side of it as well, too, because I feel like I can really help some of these kids in that aspect. Well, it's going to be fun having you around here. I, I know it's only the beginning of what will be a fantastic career. I'm sure we'll be in touch. I'm the, I broadcast for Union High School, so I'll be in the same stadium with you at least a couple of times or at least once a year. Until then, okay. thanks very much. Welcome back, and we'll, we'll have you on from time to time, Dane. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you guys, and I'm super excited and, and happy to be back here in, in Tulsa. I love it here, so thank you for having me. You bet. Dane Evans, former Tulsa quarterback, former CFL, of course, and uh, he's spent a little time in the training camp with the Philadelphia Eagles, too, so he at least had his moment up there, and now a high school coach, and it, it's just going to be the beginning of great things for that young man. He's He uh, he overproduces in everything he ever does, and he does it humbly. 8.30 on the Blitz 1170. He is Bryce Hulse in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. We have a text at 918-262-5072. Simply says, go pack, go. Yep, uh, they went, and they left Dallas Cow- the Dallas Cowboys in their wake. All right, so in this last half hour, we're going to get into a little bit of college basketball. We'll also talk about today's games. We're going to see what we think the unit's going to be like in those two. Certainly two different atmospheres, as it'll be, what, in the 80-degree range in, in Tampa yeah. and in the minus 80-degree range <laughs> in Buffalo. And because of that Kansas City game, we're asking you, what's the coldest you've ever been? What was the situation? Where were you? What was it? What was that temperature? Tell us at 918-262-5072. That's our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line here on The Blitz. Don't look now, but The Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at The Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys will host the Kansas Jayhawks tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. That one with a 7 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz 1170. The Cowboys were throttled in Ames against Iowa State 66-42 on Saturday night. They now drop to 0-3 in conference play. And the Oklahoma Sooners will host the West Virginia Mountaineers Wednesday night at 7. The Sooners fell to the Kansas Jayhawks and Lawrence on Saturday 78-66 as they are now 1-2 in Big 12 play. And tonight, the red-hot Oklahoma City Thunder will have a road test as they're in L.A. to take on the Lakers. It'll be back-to-back with the Lakers, finishing up on Monday night before a Tuesday clash with the Clippers. Tip-off tonight is at 9.30. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather, provided by Community Care, your locally-owned health plan. (laughs) 
This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We certainly do. Anytime, as a matter of fact. You can also text us on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. Hey, you know what? It's uh, <laughs> it's zero here when we started the show. I'm not sure what it is now. It can't be much above, what, one or two, mm-hmm. something in that range, if you're in that lucky. Uh, right now in Buffalo, you know what the temperature is right now? 10 degrees. Yeah. They're, they're oh. warmer than we are. Wow. <laughs> you're close. Bring out the surfboard. <clears throat> you're close. Uh, it's actually 20. Um, oh, okay. You're, you're close. At 10, 20, can you tell the difference? I mean, really, <laughs> honest to God, I, I don't think I can. Uh, it's 20 degrees there right now. Snow this morning, transitioning to snow showers in the afternoon. The high will be near 20. So it's not going to be any higher than it is right about now. Chance of snow is 90%, one to three inches is what they expect will be there. Their highs for the week look a lot like ours. I mean, they don't get into yeah. the 40s until late next week. So <clears throat> it's going to be entertaining today, but they're going to play. Mm-hmm. But you're going to – the number of people it's going to take to keep that thing clear, I just cannot cannot imagine. I can't either. Um, just it, It's, it's going to be really interesting to see – how that plays out if it just keeps on pouring down in the afternoon mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna be fun to watch not so much not so much fun for them but it's gonna be fun for the viewer right <laughs> like that's that's ultimately what it's like yeah something along those lines and, and you know these two teams are both used to cold weather uh and clearly yeah. buffalo is the better football team doesn't mean they'll win mm-hmm. you know i think on paper dallas is better than green bay but they didn't mean they won, and Buffalo looks to be the more talented football team. But will they win? The yeah. Buffalo Mafia, the the Bills Mafia, they're those those people. <laughs> uh, so you know, hey, look, if they can will their team to a victory, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. I, I have an interest in it because Mason Rudolph has changed Pittsburgh so much. They looked yeah. like Iowa on offense early in the year, not just dressed like them, but looked like them. Like see, mm-hmm. Iowa dressed like them, I guess, <laughs> uh, but just looked like them. Um, but I, I, they they're different. They run the ball a little bit better suddenly. Rudolph's not doing anything spectacular. He's taking what's there, but he's hitting the balls he needs to. He's hitting the throws that are there. Trubisky was never going to do that. Any of the guys they've they've tried to roll in and out of there were not going to do that. Even Pickett hasn't done it successfully, consistently. But Mason Rudolph has just kind of hung in there and just done his job. Yeah, I think a lot of the doubters, you know, kept on bringing up, well, you know, he's he's getting these short intermediate pack, uh, so? short immediate passes, and and Pickens doing a lot of the work. Well, when you look at some of the clips of Pickett and Trubisky, they weren't hitting those short intermediate passes mm-hmm. a lot of times. And then I think, like you said, the running game, there's been a lot of argument between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren about, you know, Jalen Warren should be the guy uh, above Najee Harris. Well, Harris, they've been really good one-two combo. Uh, these past few games like that. I feel like they've been complimenting each other more mm-hmm. than just one guy slacking. Uh, so that's been really good to see. It has. And I, I thought so far in doing that, just just those first downs, just moving the chains, that freed up their running game a little bit. Now, uh, I'm not sure, is, is, is Watt out today or is he playing? I heard that he was supposed to be out. Yeah, uh, for at least yesterday. So yeah. depending on if that was just a day apart of okay, now he's good to go. That's, I haven't seen yet. Well, that's what I'd heard too. Okay. But what I did not hear at the time, I just didn't catch the rest of it. Was whether that was for today, or that was just as of yesterday, and he was still questionable. That changes things obviously uh, a bit because if you you know you got to get after if you get after Josh Allen, he'll make mistakes, and it's going to be a lot harder to get after Josh Allen without him. 
Can you pressure without him? Yeah, but that's that's going to be the hard part. Pressuring the four in the NFL is the hard part no matter what. It's one of the things Kansas City was able to do. It's one of the things Green Bay was able to do a little bit successfully. And it's certainly what Houston was able to do to the Browns. You know, Flacco was lost, just lost. The, the, the one interception by Flacco was just simply, hey, look, I'm just going to get rid of this. And oh, yeah. he might as well duck. Yeah, he might as well punted it the way he tossed it up there. And sometimes that's not a bad play. But in that in that case, that wasn't the case. So I I mean I have to take Buffalo today. Yeah. But I'm really interested to see if this Pittsburgh team continues to play better, even if they lose a close game. Does that mean Mason Rudolph either wrote himself a check at Pittsburgh? Yeah, Kenny Pickett's already there. I mean, if they already bet mm-hmm. their future, or is he writing himself a check somewhere else? Because if you look around, there are people who could use a quarterback. It's the thing is, uh, you know, finding out for his future in Pittsburgh, it would have to depend on mm-hmm. some magic happening here. But at the very least, uh, you know, g- getting some good tape up for for some teams that will will definitely need a quarterback next season. Yep. And you do wonder uh, it, which, which way is he thinking? And I mean, imagine, you know, he's most people will tell you, well, you know, what, I've had a great career here and I'm happy here. And, he, you know, he's not made any noise as a backup. He's not complained that we've heard of. He's not bitch, whined and moaned that we've heard of. He's just done his yeah. job. And just hung in there. It, it, it's you know you t- tag him with game manager. He's winning. It's all there is to it. He's making a difference. And then tonight in the battle of the guys who used to wear the Sooner uniform, I absolutely have to take Baker Mayfield and and Tampa. Mayfield's numbers are silly good if you look at how oh, yeah. good they have been this year. It's easy to look at what happened at the end of his Browns career, which by the way he's still the only guy to take the Browns to playoffs in thirty years. Right. right, So it's easy to look back on the end of his Browns career and then that disaster in Carolina. But then look at everybody involved in what happened out there. I mean, that is as mm-hmm. close to a true dumpster fire as you have seen, any of us have seen, a program be or a, an organization be. You could have gone in there and been Tom Brady, and you couldn't have saved that. Yeah, Which made me feel bad for Bryce Young because I think he still has a really nice future. And maybe they'll get it back underway now. I was surprised that it was that way because I always liked Matt Rule. I don't know what it's like at the top. I don't know what kind of chaos they might have in the front office. But it was just silly how bad it was. Yeah, and then you consider, too, about his uh, their general manager going through that all that trouble of throwing the drink onto the fans and stuff. I mean, it's just... It was their owner, wasn't it? Yeah, their, their owner, yeah. You're, yeah. No, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, just a dumpster fire. Yes, and so now you see Baker Mayfield get down there, free himself up a little bit, and then suddenly, hey, he's playing really good football. I mean, he's playing the kind of level of football, if you look at numbers that are that are near the that are top three. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just he's playing great. And they're at home. Philadelphia is not playing well. You have to wonder, Sirianni, now, they're, now that you're hearing notes about Sirianni and is this part of his job problem, and, you know, they don't have – nobody has a long fuse anymore. The fuses are pretty mm-hmm. short. So I think I'm going to take Tampa in that one. It's purely just, again, like I said earlier in the show, it's a trending in different directions type situation, right? I mean, you can't really help but go well, with Tampa Bay sometimes just because of, with the Eagles being one and six in their last seven. One's a trend. One's a huge dive. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between a trend and just stepping off a cliff. Yeah. And the Eagles kind of did. There was, I don't know about you, maybe it's just me. Last year when I watched them, I kept waiting for Jalen Hurts to not play well. And I don't know why. I like him. I think he's a fine player. I just kept waiting for him to not play well. But he yeah. didn't. He just kept playing fine. Mm-hmm. Right, and they were physical, and they ran the ball. They did a lot of things right. He made really good throws, and then this year, exactly what I felt about last year has happened. 
Now, I know he's been hurt, and I don't know how much he's tried to play when he's hurt. And look, I, that he's a, if it's that, then it's a testament to you must not play when you're, when you're injured. Mayfield did that at Cleveland late mm-hmm. in his career at Cleveland. He was hurt, banged up a lot, and he continued to play. He didn't play well. He got a lot of booze. Look, the guy's putting himself on the line for you. Right. And you don't appreciate that. Well, they don't, A. And B, it can't help you. And you can't help your team that way. Not very often. So just don't. It's, it's the best thing you can say. But as once he got healthy and then he got away and got in the other situation, then you know, things turned around. Uh, we've got a couple of texts here. Night one of it, nine one eight two six two five zero seven two comes from 8406, who had uh, had texted in about the Packers, said, we're playing with house money. Was with the Tulsa Packer backers yesterday at Remington's, and it was just absolutely wild out there. Eric from Tulsa. Well, Eric, thank you for the text at, uh, overall. And Eric is the one who had texted Go Pack Go. And I said, hey, how can you not be excited about him? Love was great. And that's what he said, playing with house money. So, you know, if you're a Packer fan, say if you're an Eagles fan, and I know they're not playing them, but, but I mean, it's apples to apples here. So to, if you're a Packers fan, now no matter what happens, you're happy. I mean, would yeah. you love to make the Super Bowl? Sure. You're you're not supposed to be here anyway, right? Yeah, you so. just put Aaron you just put Aaron Rodgers in your rearview mirror in the biggest way. <laughs> in the absolute biggest way. And said, see you wouldn't want to be you. Yeah. You don't have to worry about darkness retreats, ayahuasca, or any weirdness. You, and, still, you, and still find success at that position. <laughs> yeah, you've got a guy who, by the way, if you didn't see the social media post, as he was on his way to or from practice, stopped in Green Bay to help a woman who was stuck in the snow. And she texted a picture of him standing with her, helping her, and she and it says, "This is my quarterback." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if because you can actually own a piece of the Packers, like Scott File does, oh. as a part owner, then that could have been someone who owns a couple of shares. When that means when she says my quarterback, she could yeah. mean it, right? Yeah, that could be that could be part of her team. But that's who he is. And I'm not saying Rodgers wouldn't have done that. I just never we just never heard about that. Right. But you pair Rodgers in your rearview mirror. A little bit of the Lafleur talk in your rearview mirror, and you just gone went and just powdered a team who has been a longtime rival of yours. Go back to the Ice Bowl in '67 and so forth, which got a lot of play this weekend because of the Chiefs game. And you you got to feel good about where you are and moving forward. Now, I did think yesterday I'd like to see Christian Watson reemerge, and he hasn't. Yeah, and they're they they threw the ball effectively, but I would love to see that deep threat, that stretch the field because Even a lot of at the beginning of the season. Yeah, a lot of Jordan Love's throws were mid range, and that's okay. But there's going to be a time when someone's just going to the those two high safeties are going to press down, and they're just going to make sure that they compact the middle of that field, and they're going to make you throw it deep. And when those safeties press down, it also makes it harder to run. And, yes, for every action, there's a reaction. I get that. But it makes it harder. And I would love to see Christian Watson reemerge for them to be a really future-going threat, if you will. But you got to be happy if you're them. Another text here says, Go Pack Go, or what I refer to as ABC, anybody but the Cowboys. <laughs> and that comes from Scott. And, Scott, thank you. Yes, I get it. I understand exactly what you mean because there are a number of people who feel that very way. The number of people who are upset about the Cowboys this morning probably is not more than the number of people who are happy they got their butts beat. 
Matter yeah. of fact, I got to think it's a whole lot more on that left side going, yes, finally the rear kicking we were looking for oh. just didn't expect it to come from Green Bay. I think everybody expected it would come eventually from the Niners. I know Stephen A. Smith is going to have a field day this morning. <laughs> just when you talk about Cowboys haters, even in the media, it's mm. it's going to be wild. I said, well, Skip Bayless was tweeting in the first quarter, get rid of Dak Prescott, get rid of Dak Basket. And by the way, Skip Bayless, what a sad fall, in my opinion. I used to love the guy as a writer. I thought he was really, yeah. really good. Yeah, that's how he kind of came up, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he was a fine writer. I thought his work was really good. And now he's bought into this Jerry Springer television thing. Yeah. That, like Stephen A. Smith has, quite, be, be quite polarizing, frankly. right? Yeah. I, well, I, yes, I understand. Look, but if that's all you're doing is setting out to be polarizing, then it's yeah. not genuine to begin with. Exactly. Yeah, if I have a stupid opinion, it's mine. Right. I'm not doing it to make somebody mad. I mean, I, I just I disagree. <laughs> and I'm, I've never been a Stephen A. Smith fan. Ever, yeah. ever, and you know that I'm not. And, and if you are, that's fine. I mean, mm. I, I'm not one of those people who hates somebody and thinks you have to hate the people I hate. I'm, sure. First of all, I don't hate anyone, but if, if I don't like them, it just means I don't like their style, and I don't have to watch, and I won't. Doesn't mean you can't, and I don't respect that about you. But I've never been a fan of his, and and Skip Bayless has just become a caricature. In my opinion, that's all he is. By the way, before we take this break at 848, I want to say congratulations. And I meant to do this last week, but another one has come out since that since that time. Congratulations, because one of the most deserving guys, Tyler Smith, is an AP and an NFL All-Pro. He is an AP All-Pro. Uh, he's an AP second-teamer, All-Pro. A second-team All-Pro as, uh, you know, as a rookie. Um, and he is an all well, not really a rookie. I'm it's, a sophomore, yeah. It, but it's he started some last year, kind of got thrown in there. I feel, yeah, last year was his rookie get, get year, his feet I get wet, it. you know, yeah, so to speak. And they moved him around a lot, you know. And of course, he's kind of settled at left guard this year with Tyron Smith on the outside okay. at that left tackle spot. But he, he becomes an NFL second team all pro and an NFL players association all pro. So the guys he has to play against picked him. I mean, that's did you get a higher praise than that? That than is pretty. St- yeah, that's that's nine pounds of garlic strong. <laughs> Congratulations to Tyler. We had a chance to talk to him last year. We'll see if we can't get with him during the off season, which is now for the Cowboys. <laughs> Probably give him a give everybody you know a month to go to their private island because uh, hey, kind of money they make now. That's what they're going to have. And then we'll uh, see if we can't get back with him. But congratulations to Tyler. That's really, really good news. It's 8.50 on the Blitz 1170. All right, when we come back, we've got some of those notes we like to get to at the end of the show. Plus, I want to get some college basketball input from Bryce over the weekend because, uh, hey, we offered everybody. We just lost straight across the across the, the board. And a t- what a tough weekend for Oklahoma State, especially just travel-wise, not just mm-hmm. on the court. And then your your text, 918-262-5072. What's the coldest you've ever been? Chiefs fans and Bills fans are going to experience this. What's the coldest you have ever been? Let me know in the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. You can also let us know about your NFL picks. want to remind you that we love to do things for our veterans, and Triad Eye Institute is trying to help. Once again this year, they want you to make homemade valentines for our veterans and drop them off at any Triad location. They're in Tulsa, Muskogee, Grove, Bartlesville, McAllister, Pryor, Claremore. You can also bring them here to the Blitz studio at 303 North Boston. Bring them before February 4th. We're going to then give those to organizations who distribute those Valentines to veterans. Some will be in veteran centers. Some will be at VFW. Some will be maybe somebody who has contact at home with one of them. We And you know what? It, I, I said this before. As a teacher, it would be a fantastic class project. 
have your kids do this. Teach a little history and do this at the same time. And, you know, look, if you don't have the time and you just want to go buy them, okay, fine. Let's just sign them, put a note in there. Let's get these out to veterans. Want to do this until February 4th, so hurry and be a part of this. It's from Triad Eye Institute and the Blitz 1170. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Dallas Cowboys fell to the Green Bay Packers 48-32 last night as the Packers now advance to face the top-seeded 49ers in the divisional round. Dak Prescott threw two interceptions, one of them coming back for a TD, before throwing three mostly empty touchdowns on the offensive side. For the Packers, Aaron Jones ran for 118 yards and three touchdowns. The Packers and 49ers will kick off Saturday night at 7.15. For the first time in 32 years, the Detroit Lions have won a playoff game as they beat former Lion Matthew Stafford and the Rams 24-23. Jared Goff had 277 yards and a touchdown for the Lions, his top target being Amonra St. Brown, who had seven catches for 110 yards. And there will be wild card football today, starting with the AFC. Former Oklahoma State quarterback Mason Rudolph and the Steelers will be at Buffalo to take on the Bills at uh, 2.30 or 3.30. And then on the NFC's side, it will be a battle between former OU quarterbacks as Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles will be in Tampa to face Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. That will be at 7.15. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. If many folks have done that today, you can keep doing that anytime. 918-262-5072. It's our Neurothy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. All right, some things to get into. First of all, I want to ask you, Bryce, and for Oklahoma State in, in basketball, and they got hammered by Iowa State. It was 66-42. I mean, 42 is not a lot to score. I get that. They shot 32%, 29% from three they were only five of 14 from the free throw line you can forgive some things that's not something you can forgive and then 20 turnovers now they struggle to get into texas tech which we we joke all the time there's no way to get there and we're (laughs) kind of not kidding i mean they struggle to get there travel delays and this time of year in basketball it's gonna happen right you've got a lot of storms things like that even with charters there are certain things they can't do then they struggle to get into Ames, which, again, not necessarily easy. And then they get blown out. And this team is on a seriously scary slide. Yeah, first of all, like you said, it was very tough. They had to get to Norman, I think, before they could fly out. They mm-hmm. had to fly from a plane there. I saw a lot of Iowa State fans kind of complaining about that. But it's like, okay, at the end of the day, all of that does is hurt OSU, if anything, because they're having to fly in late and then not even the full length of the Titanic movie later, they're on the court by the time they get into Ames. They had to get into Des Moines mm-hmm. and then drive to Ames. Yeah. Um, certainly not an excuse, but, yeah, when you play that game, everything that they've been criticized for glared in that uh-huh. game. They've been criticized, criticized for turnovers, 20 turnovers. Criticized for the free throw line, 5 of 14. And then, of course, if you can't shoot the three, uh, it's just a recipe for disaster, and especially against a really good Iowa State team. Yeah, everything you do poorly got magnified, Yeah, unfortunately. And then guess what? Oh, here comes Kansas. Mm. It's Kansas at Oklahoma State tomorrow night at 8. Can this team turn it around? You you need some magic tomorrow. I don't think this is the Kansas that we're used to. Uh, They play a little bit differently, especially with Hunter Dickinson. That was really the problem that I saw against OU, is that OU was matching up with them very well. Everybody except. Yeah, and they kept on letting Hunter Dickinson get into the low post very Uh easily, which he's a guy that usually can tries to hook shot it even if you try to 
get him out of the paint as much as you can, but that's his bread and butter, and that's ultimately what hurt OU in the end. But I think this is a Kansas team that we've learned with the UCF game is very beatable, but I think what we're waiting for for OSU is you need one of those times for them to just be on fire. You just mm-hmm. need everybody to be clicking on the right cylinder uh, and be hot from deep. I don't, I don't know if to, against Kansas that can happen. Then you need that to be enough that it turns your season around, which, yes. you know, this Kansas team, because they lost to UCF, will be somewhat refocused. And they beat Oklahoma sure. 78-66. And, I, again, I, I agree with you. I thought the Sooners matched up fairly well, but Dickinson just was able to – he had 24, and he was kind of able to have his way. Tulane, Tulsa, I feel bad for the Hurricane. They're better, but then they have injuries, and so they're winless in conference. Uh, ORU lost, losing to St. Thomas. And then Arkansas, I don't know what's happening with Muss's team, but – Man, they got they got spanked again, and they got A and M coming in who just beat Kentucky, yeah. and that was I watched a little I watched almost the whole second half of that game. That was a hell of a game, yeah. yeah. All right, so we've got that. We've got the coaches' moves. We got much more to talk about, which makes it great that we got Dan Patrick next, then Rich Eisen, and then the show with Pop and Colby three to six. Stay tuned for that. We'll be back with you tomorrow on a Tuesday. Talk a lot more about everything's happening in the world of sports. Till then, stay warm, and let's see you tomorrow. And we'll talk about those playoff games here on the Blitz.